0: You know, it's our job to ultimately protect the brand.
1: Okay, welcome back to the Marketing Playbook, presented by Details Interactive. Here you'll take away three game-winning marketing plays every episode to take back to your team. I'm your host, Mark Friedman, and my career has been focused on direct-to-consumer marketing, direct mail, physical retail, and digital commerce. This is episode number 53, and today's guest is Neelay Shah. Neelay is the Vice President of Digital Marketing at the New York Giants. In his current role, Neelay oversees strategy across Giants' media platforms, including the creation of team marketing campaigns, digital and social media programming, Audience growth and development, branding, and strategic business communications. In addition, he works closely with the sponsorship and ticketing departments to create fully integrated platforms tied to revenue and lead generation. Before we get started, a quick thank you, as always, to Max Brandstetter of the Wild Business Growth Podcast for producing this episode. You can reach him at max at maxpodcasting.com to help bring your podcast to life. Let's open the playbook. Ready? Break. Well, hello, everyone. Thank you for joining the Marketing Playbook podcast. Today I'm joined by Neelay Shah. Neelay is the VP of digital marketing for the New York Giants football team and my favorite football team. Neelay has over 15 years of digital marketing experience with one of the most valuable franchises in all of sports. His focus areas include creating fully integrated campaigns tied to content development, sponsorship, and revenue and audience growth. Among his most recent program successes are the launch of the first-ever Giants NFT collection and the conceptualization and launch of The Eli Manning Show. Neelay, welcome to the show.
0: Thanks, Mark, for having me. Uh, Excited to talk to you and talk uh, all things digital and, and Giants
1: all right well that's uh, that 's great, um, as most of my listeners know i 'm a big sports fan, and uh, so this is part of a series of interviews and and discussions with people you know like yourself that work in sports franchises um, you know i 've spent most of my career in the direct to consumer space. Uh, and and although um, you know what you guys are doing is is similar to direct to consumer, it's it's definitely a bit different. So to be able to get your uh, your thoughts of what's going on will be a lot of fun. We jump into these shows. Uh, it's always helpful to give the audience a little background, kind of where you grew up, anything that you might have uh, done as a as a kid that foreshadowed that you'd wind up in the role that you're in.
0: Yeah. No. I uh, uh, like I said. Thanks for having me. Uh- Born and raised in Parsippany, New Jersey, which is basically a, a town in Morris County. And, uh, you know, I, I, I've been there for 35 years more recently. I moved to Montville, New Jersey. And from an early age, um, you know, sports and technology was something that that I was really passionate and <clears throat> interested about. And, um, you know, we we can get into how I came about to the Giants, which is a very interesting story which, uh, you know, when people hear it, they you know, the term right place at the right time uh, really comes to mind.
1: And so uh, growing up in New Jersey, you uh, went to school at uh, New Jersey Institute of Technology. And you're a tech guy, right, by, by trade.
0: Yeah, I, I went to school for information technology. And, uh, <clears throat> you know, early on, I knew computers, like I mentioned, was, was something in technology that I was interested in, trying to figure out whether you're going to go into you know, the 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 hardware, software, or, or really, um, you know, design was something that, you know, I was trying to figure out. And, uh, you know, it just so happened, right place at the right time. You know, I'll tell you my story on on kind of how that translated to the Giants. You know, I grew up a huge fan. And, you know, you don't really, I didn't have connections. Typically, in, in the sports world, you know, somebody, and you're able to parlay that into, you know, some type of internship, I didn't know anybody, all I knew was, um, you know, I love technology, and I was a big Giants fan. So, you know, ironically, I won a fan contest. So the the person who worked for the Giants back then every week on Giants.com would have a contest, uh, a trivia question, and that person would win a prize. And I slowly figured out that the answer to the question was always in the same article. So one weekend, I w- I called in. And I was lucky to, to to get in, got the answer right. I was so I was a freshman in college, and you know, they basically invited the people who got those questions right um, to come to the stadium and talk about, you know, what improvements would you like on the website? What do you, what do you enjoy? What do you not like? And uh, you know, it was me and a bunch of people in their, you know, late thirties, I was 18 years old. And I basically told the person who was running the website, Hey, listen, I'm in college. I go to school at NJIT. I'm, I live on campus. I'm a 20 minute drive. Is there anything I could do now? You got to remember this is back in 2004 you know, what digital and social is now was definitely not what it was back then. And and essentially I said, Hey, I'm willing to do whatever it is, hold a mic, you know, transcribe things, anything that I could just get my foot in the door. And basically I think I annoyed him enough that he eventually said, Hey, okay, I could use you one day a week that turned into three days a week. I had to change my entire schedule around at college. I you know, I took night classes um you know all my friends were like why are you what are you doing you're not going out I was like this is this is my passion this is my one chance and uh you know I did that for three years while I was in, in college um were you being paid I think towards the end of it I started to get paid but early on it was more of uh, you know I didn't I was fortunate enough that I had the support of my parents to be able to kind of not have to have you know a, a financial reason to do it um but uh you know, I, I was just persistent and, and I, you know, willing to do whatever I could. And that led to eventually landing a full-time job. But I, I always tell people that if I hadn't done those three years of, you know, basically anything and everything, there was no way I would be in the position that I'm in today.
1: Good story. You know, one of the things about uh, this show is we we promised the listener that we're going to give at least three things th- that they can bring back to their personal or to their business lives. And, and then we kind of summarize it at the end and, you know, you've already hit on a few of them. You know, one of them is, you know, you sometimes just need to be really persistent and, um, you know, do whatever it takes to get your foot in the door. Um, and and certainly you did that. Really great story. But, you know, after, before you got to the Giants, you were with a, another well known. Own uh, company called DoubleClick. What were you doing there?
0: Yeah, so so right out of college, so, you know, I did three years at the Giants, and again, the, the, the digital social wasn't was. It was just a one-person department. I got a job in the city right out of college for a company called ClipMark, and this company was the first company to be able to track video ads. So you would see these big publishers if they had a movie coming out. You know, video ads became a thing back then. They would be able to track it. So how many impressions, how many interactions? That company got bought out by DoubleClick, who obviously was, was, was in that space. And then the funny thing is the Giants called me, I got the job, and then DoubleClick got bought out by Google. So in some ways, I went from Clipmart to DoubleClick to Google in a very, very small window there. But uh, that company, Clipmart, was essentially a, a startup. Um, and then once DoubleClick bought them, obviously became you know a pretty big company there
1: and you know i think one of the things that also stands out is that uh, and we'll, we'll go back to the beginning of of your giants work but you know you've been there for 15 years and you know for somebody that's you know still relatively early in, in life as you are 15 years is pretty much you know most of your career at this point and that's a little unusual nowadays um, especially because of you know you're you're in a in an environment where change is the norm tell us and we'll come back to you know the, the actual role but how have you survived if that's the right word for 15 years
0: yeah, I mean, I think again, it's 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 the same mentality that that I had back when I first started, right? You you continue to look for ways to take on more work, try different things, uh, integrate yourself not only in what you're doing but across departments. And really, I've been fortunate because in in this industry, there's been so much innovation along the way that you know the, it's not like a traditional you know let's just say a finance job where you 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 kind of this is what it is and it doesn't really change from, from what you're doing. Here, you know, every two years, there's something new, right? So you get a chance to reinvent yourself. You get a chance to show everybody, hey, here is new ways that we can improve whether it's franchise value or fan engagement. It's really been uh, a blessing in that way in that it, it hasn't felt like, yeah, 15 years is a long time, but it's almost like you're starting a new job every few years with the way technology and innovation is happening,
1: especially in this field. What you were referring to change every two years. You weren't referring to coaches, right?
0: Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> even though, even though more recently that that's unfortunately been the case. But uh, um, no, I mean, it's it's been it's been a great fifteen years. And, and you know, my first day, and it's funny, my first day as an intern was when we drafted Eli Manning. So draft two thousand four. You know, that was my first day in the the in, in, in draft. The Saturday of the draft, we we traded for Eli. And talk about a a way to start. I was fortunate enough to be here for all of Eli's time.
1: Well, that's uh, that's a great run, um, and and not only a great run, you know, from a professional perspective. Even though his you know his wins uh, uh, and losses, wins and losses, you know, were about uh, you know five hundred. He won obviously the two biggest games of his uh, career. Uh, that we were all excited about, but, you know, also the way he conducted himself and a, as a role model and continues to do so today. Um, maybe we jump ahead since you, you talked about Eli, um, the show that you um, are doing or that you, you know, helped get off the ground. Tell us about that.
0: Yeah. So, uh, you know, we brought Eli back to the organization this past year in a fan engagement and a biz uh, development role. And, and really, you know, the beauty of Eli is as great as he was on the field uh, you know, his off-the-field personality is equally as great. And, and he said, you know, what's a way that we can leverage sort of, you know, the pe- the way people feel about him from a Giants perspective is obviously great. How can we tie in, you know, big-name celebrities and have Eli learn about the passions and that those celebrities have about the Giants? And Eli has been great. You know, we, we sat down with him, and, and, and the good thing is, you know, as we were developing the show, what he did on ESPN with the Manning cast just exponentially you know uh, made our show that much better because you know while Eli's you know you think of Giants he's a national you know he's a national person now now everyone looks at Eli as a, as a national and has a national audience so you know the show you know we had Eli interview people from you know Bill Murray to Kevin Durant to um, you know giant you know Giants fans across the spectrum. Um, and everybody's been excited to talk to him, and it's been a great show. The numbers on that have been over the top for us. And really in a in a losing year on the field from a record perspective, um, you know that content really helped us put forth evergreen content for our fans.
1: You know, you, you talk about that it did really well for you. Can you elaborate a little bit on the the metrics? That you would look at on something like that, you know, how do you determine, you know, other than the buzz that you're getting, you know, how do you know that it did well for you?
0: Yeah, I mean, that that show in itself had 20 million impressions, and for us, you know, that's that's a pretty big number. I mean, some of those episodes had over 300,000. We did an episode with him and and a few members from The Sopranos had 300,000 views on YouTube. The Bill Murray, I think, sits at 300,000. Not any typical, you know, football-related content, you're looking at 15 to 20,000 views, right? So it really showed how, you know, when you marry, you know, sort of that evergreen content that you don't have to be a diehard Giants fan, people will, will consume it.
1: Yeah. Because now he's broadening more than just a Giants personality. He's just a broader personality, more of a lifestyle, um, kind of a guy, I guess. Exactly. So, um, you know, when you go back to, you know, August, 2007 or so, you know, when you, you kind of got your start there, what was it like a, a sports franchise and digital, um, you know, where 15 years ago, you know, Facebook um, and Instagram are, are shells of what they are today. Uh, YouTube, the same, there just weren't that many places. What were you really doing other than at giants.com?
0: Yeah, I mean, really, back in back in two thousand seven, you know, editorial content was really the 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 main purpose of the website, right? From a written perspective, and what happened was when I came on board, Don Sperling, who who was my boss at the time, he used to uh, he started up NBA Entertainment, so we really started to rethink, reimagine our video offering, and it really became how can we provide you know inside access to the organization and also show our players personalities off the field. And I think we exponentially, you know, made video the focus of, of what we were going to give our fans. Um, you know, we created shows that highlighted the off the field personalities. Like I mentioned, we gave fans inside access to the draft room, inside access to team meetings, things that really differentiated us from a traditional, you know, news outlet.
1: And, and go back to, you know, the KPIs and and the metrics. So, you know, as, as time has progressed, I'm going to guess that the metrics and and the things that you're looking at to determine success have changed. How has that changed?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think ultimately the the platforms have have changed, right? So traditional, um, you know, when you look at your website, you're looking at unique visitors and and how long people spend on your website. I think what these social platforms have done is really, you know, how you're capturing engagement from social interactions has really been what we look at you know on instagram on facebook on twitter you know are people sharing your content across their social networks and that ultimately helps us grow our numbers and and those are really the vocal points from from a um audience standpoint
1: and and are you charged with selling merchandise and and product on the site does that fall into your domain
0: y- yeah i mean the, the way we're set up retail is a, is a third or e-commerce is a, is a third party entity um, but really, the role that we have from as a content group is really to help our sponsorship group and our ticketing group. Um, you know, what's really happened, and more so over the last few years with the pandemic, the, the digital transformation, acceleration has has only gotten faster. And, you know, for us specifically, when there were no fans in the stands, you know, from a sponsorship standpoint, digital was where they wanted to be at. I mean, they they quickly realized that the scale... From a digital perspective, was significantly more than what you know game day, um, which is capped at eighty thousand fans. So really, it, it put us in a situation where you know the content that we were coming up with it had to be authentic not only for our fan base but how we integrated um, sponsors across our you know platform ecosystem.
1: You have, um, you know, one of the things as, as assets um, are the players, other talent, other employees, and 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 folks in the organization. Uh, is it a challenge to get them to participate in what you're trying to do? Or you know, because look, after all, there's you know, see, there's you know, collective bargaining and 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 all and and, and all and unions. Do you are you challenged there?
0: No, we're we're fortunate. Our our players have, been, and through my fifteen years, have been have been great. I think what they know early on, and we meet with them, is that uh, it's in our best interest to make them look good, right? So we want to work with them, highlight what they're doing, not only on the field from a, from an achievement standpoint, but what they're doing off the field, right? It's our job to showcase the, the good stuff that not only the players but the entire organization does off the field across all of our platforms. And uh, you know, we have a lot of programming that involves our players. I and mean, again, the other thing is. A lot of these guys, you know, once their playing career is over, they're interested in media, they're interested in digital. Um, So we're happy to sit with them and tell us, tell them kind of why we do the things that we do. And and it's a good avenue to uh, let the players, you know, have a platform to show the world what they're capable of.
1: And, you know, I kind of alluded to, you know, coaching changes and GM changes and look, every franchise goes through that, you know, over time. Does that add challenge, you know, to you? You know, is there an education and a training that you in in your role, you know, have to get these people to feel comfortable with what you're doing?
0: Yeah, listen, I think, you know, respect and 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 knowing, you know, it's our job to ultimately protect the brand, right? And what we do is whenever there's a coaching change or a regime change, um, you know, for example, with, with Joe Shane, our new GM, uh, me and our head of business sat down with them and I kind of went through kind of what our objectives as a marketing department, as a content group are, and why, you know, we're never going to do anything to lose their trust. And it's just our goal is to amplify the good work that they're doing and to also amplify the work that our players are doing. and and. For us, the thing that differentiates us a lot of times is the access. And, um, you know, just we were at the NFL Combine and and they were great. They allowed us to capture a lot of content that our fans had never seen before um, and they get it. But again, I think that builds when they have trust and they know that we're not doing anything outside of trying to showcase the good work that they're doing.
1: All right. It, it, as, as part of the, the Giants digital, um, is there is all of the content free or is there some gated content?
0: No, nope, all of our content is free. I think our, our belief is, you know, our goal is to get the next generation of Giants fans. And I think the way you do that is by making content available to anybody and everybody across all of these different platforms and, and mediums.
1: When, when you think about the, the content, do you struggle to, to have enough content? but Do you have more than enough and you need to edit? You know, how, how do you feel about that?
0: There's an opportunity everywhere. I think what, what we try and do is make sure whatever content that we're putting out is appropriate for each one of the platforms. I think early on, what the, what the kind of mythology was, you know, there would be one piece of content that would go across every one of your platforms. I think we've gotten much more strategic about, hey, the content on Instagram, is meant just for Instagram. We're not gonna repurpose it on Twitter or repurpose it on Facebook. You know, TikTok is is TikTok. We've gotten much better at kind of being way more strategic about our content development and, and processes.
1: Uh, you, you, you touched on, on something that I was gonna ask about, uh, uh, about platforms. So, you know, obviously you've got, you know, giants.com, you've got Facebook, Insta, you've got some TikTok, uh, Twitter. Which are the primary channels, and 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 more interestingly, perhaps is what's the new stuff, and we'll come to NFTs in a bit.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think for us, from a, from an engagement standpoint, Instagram and TikTok TikTok are are two of the ones that we see tremendous both impressions, views, and, and engagements. um I think we've we've done a good job of again. I think TikTok isn't about what happens on the field. It's about kind of the other stuff. It's, it's the mic drops. It's It's the, you know, how do you capitalize on trends? And we've done a good job there. And I think Instagram, again, we're, we're very strategic about what we, we post on there. And that platform has, has given us the best engagement out of you know, any of those platforms.
1: Do you have a direct-to-consumer business? I enjoy connecting with guests on this podcast because it reminds me what I love to do, strategic and tactical consulting for businesses like yours. If you'd like to speak with me about your business and see how you can add a fresh set of eyes to your team, contact me at mark at detailsinteractive.com. Now let's get back to the marketing playbook. You you mentioned earlier that, you know, every two years there are new things. Maybe we'd talk about the NFTs. So uh, tell the listeners what an NFT is um, and why you thought that, you know, that was something that you guys wanted to play in.
0: Yeah, I mean, the easiest way to, to describe an NFT, if I was, you know, telling my mom <laughs> as an example, is uh, think of it as a digital collectible. I mean, growing up, you know, we used to collect cards, you know, physical cards. Think of it more as something that's digital, that, that's in your wallet. And um, the reason why we did the NFT was this past year, we were celebrating the 10th anniversary of our Super Bowl win. Um, and, you know, fans were throughout the year, we had a lot of different things going on. We thought to ourselves, what's one way that they can sort of collect, quote unquote, collect something? And we said, hey, what happens if we partnered with Dapper Labs um, and had them create these NFTs that they could own those plays? And what we did was essentially we made our Super Bowl ring into a digital collectible. And we had three of the iconic play designs that our offensive coordinator drew up available for fans to, to, to purchase through Dapper Labs. And we sold out think almost 6000 nfts in in less than five hours
1: and so you know from a a a fan perspective what do they do with this collectible in a digital environment
0: yeah i think ultimately you know we are exploring some utility applications i think on this one it was really more about the 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 feeling of collecting this nostalgic moment that in time that you have all of these memories from that you know you want to quote unquote, own that piece of, of of history. But I think the next iteration of, of this is, you know, what's the utility for that? Is there some type of surprise and delight with a member from the 10th anniversary team? We're working through some of those things, um, but ultimately I think that is what, if there's a second phase, phase of this, um, where there'd be some utility for these NFTs.
1: And and so NFT is the the new thing on the block. What's out there that you can share that you know might be new and different and interesting that you haven't tried yet. You
0: know, we did a lot of things this this past year. I think for us it's it's continuing on the on the content side, just innovating, you know, from a from a technology standpoint I can't say we have anything brewing, but I think for us it's it's you know, you mentioned being direct to consumer. How do we turn the giants into this global brand that extends beyond what happens on the field right? We talked about the Eli show are there investment shows? Are there things that we can that we can do to kind of broaden the scope of, of what it means to be a fan? And I think, uh, you know, we want to be a direct-to-consumer juggernaut. And I think the the way you do that is developing content that that our, that our fans will consume.
1: You know, it's interesting. You've used the word brand uh, at least three or four times already. And, you know, I don't know when it happened. Um, and maybe it just is... You know, it just happens over time. It feels to me like when I was a lot younger, let's say your age, I don't think football teams or sports franchises really thought of themselves necessarily as brands um, as they've gotten, you know, in value, of, you know, in the billions of dollars, they, they all think of themselves as a brand and how to extend the brand and how to make it more valuable. I'm sh- guessing that's what you guys are thinking, right?
0: Yeah. I mean, I, and I'll give you an example from this past year. We, we did a collaboration with Marvel. And uh, you, know, I, I, you know, we we basically teamed up with them on this fully integrated platform where we turned six of our players into superheroes. Uh, we had a full game day experience. We mailed out things to our season ticket members. You know, we had our players involved. You know, that's an iconic brand, and and we see ourselves as an iconic brand, right? So you have two New York based, you know, enterprises. How do you kind of bring those together? And and no one had really done something on this. Integrated as a as a as a platform, you know, we had the folks at Marvel created a giant's Marvel helmet And that was our most liked Instagram post in team history at like 350,000 likes and counting You know, we see ourselves as that global brand How do we align ourselves with some of these different brands that put the Giants in a you know, in
1: a global uh, platform? Who Who thinks about the brand you know who's the the chief brand officer you know does it go up to management you know is the on field you know general management you know involved because let's use the marvel thing somebody had to decide uh, maybe you brought it to the table somebody else brought it to the table whomever somebody had to decide is that right for our brand
0: yeah we so so on on most of those level you know those things are our, our head of business Pete welly who came on here about 3 years ago he was the COO down at the Hornets working for Michael Jordan he really you know challenged us to you know think outside the box you know you have all these traditional platforms traditional verticals you know being in this market 26 million people we have to think outside the box we have to align ourselves with these global enterprises and, and he's really been the, the catalyst for really our digital transformation i mean he really has pushed us to make that pivot from from a traditional content or traditional um, assets and, and really, you know, go through this digital transformation. And he would be the one that really is the final kind of uh, amongst us kind of um, decision maker on, on what uh, is worth it for for their company.
1: Yeah. I don't know, Pete, but I've seen a lot of stuff that he's posted on LinkedIn and it's really interesting. Um, you know, really makes me, uh, you know, want to be, you know, more engaged uh, certainly with the team and the, and the brand, you know, there's, you know lots of teams in the NFL. Uh, there's lots of other you know professional sports franchises. Um, at least within the NFL, do you look at yourselves as competitive with, at least in what you're doing as competitive off the field with the other teams, or are you guys sharing ideas and best practices?
0: Yeah, no, we we are uh, you know sharing best practices. I think uh, you know collectively when when we're improving each one of these platforms, it helps the league overall sure we're all competitive we want to have the best engagement we want to have you know the, the best numbers but ultimately you know a lot of that stuff impacts from a sponsorship level we're not really up against you know the carolina panthers or the denver broncos right so we want to you know if we see an idea we typically will go to that team and say hey how would you execute this and then if there's a way that we can make it better we'll certainly do that but we're certainly at least from my perspective at open book and the league has really done a good job of creating that synergy between uh, all these teams, where you know they center around best practices, and and we're all for growing the, the total enterprise.
1: Yeah, well, that, it seems to make sense because you know there's obviously a lot of revenue sharing, and you know around the league and and things. So sharing best practices does make the the entire uh, structure stronger. Um, with respect to to your uh, team, so what what does your team look like underneath you?
0: Yeah. So, um, you know, the the sort of things that that I'm responsible for is obviously digital, social, email marketing, mobile, graphic design. And then I work uh, very closely with our production department who handles all of our video production events and and game day. And for me specifically, um, you know, all website publishing, all social media strategy, graphic design, branding. And then also the, the big thing that my group does is we work very closely with our sponsorship group. Um, I mentioned it a little bit earlier that, you know, nowadays sponsors really want to be integrated into the content. So, you know, my staff goes out on pitches. We sit down with our sales staff to to brainstorm ideas. Uh, That's really been the change for us the last few years. I mean, we've done two firsts in the NFL. We were the first team to do a fully integrated sports betting uh, deal with DraftKings. We were also the first team to do a cryptocurrency deal with GreatScale. A lot of those assets are digital. So I was in those meetings um, and, and that's really why, you know, digital and, and content plays such a crucial role in, in these organizations, because that's where uh, the sponsors and, and, and where the revenue comes from.
1: Yeah, I think I want to be your intern, Neely. <laughs> <laughs> so if you have a summer internship opening up and you're uh, willing to take an old guy, I'd be happy to uh, be considered.
0: More, more help the better. More help the better.
1: Let's talk a little bit about um, you know some of the changes that have happened, uh, iOS and and privacy issues. Um, how has that impacted uh, reporting and perhaps you know things that you're doing?
0: Yeah, I mean, it, for us, it, it really hasn't made that big of a difference because we haven't been uh, a team that that does a lot of paid advertising. Um, specifically, you know, typically the teams that have a major ticket issue are leveraging the Facebooks and, and and other platforms to kind of drive ticket sales. We've experimented there, but it, it hasn't been a, a focal point for us. So I can't say that it's impacted us. Now listen, we if we if we change our strategy and we go heavy there, then obviously that, you know, is something that that we'll need to pay attention to. But for us, it hasn't really made a major impact.
1: I I guess your point being that because you sell out almost every, every home game, you're not, there's just not that many tickets that you've got to try and sell. Right. Exactly. Got it. Okay, great. Well, look, um, really interesting stuff. Um, I think what you're doing there, and 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 the, the tenure—I don't want to belabor this—but I think your tenure, you know, is one of the things that I think is so incredible to me. Um, it just doesn't happen a lot—not even in your space, but just any more, you know, people staying in a in an organization in a in a vertical uh, for as long as you have—and that's a great tribute to the giants wanting consistency, and also a tribute to you. Uh, and the work that you're doing and the innovation. So congratulations uh, for all that.
0: You know, it, it really, you know, we have great ownership. I mean, they buy in, they, they, you know, they let you do what you need to do. And and they, you know, they respect the work uh, that you do. And, and you want to work hard for people like that, right? That's, that's really the goal.
1: Yeah, you know, look, I've been a, a Giants fan since I was probably six or or eight years old, and you know, although there's been a lot of losing, I don't think anybody can ever question the fact that uh, this ownership wants to, you know, put you know a good quality product on the field. Uh, but you can't always get that. Uh, but you know, their their interest in doing so is is important to me. So. Uh, Well, this is made for a a guy in a football space. We do, uh, at the end of my show, a two-minute drill. Uh, We've got seven uh, questions, uh, one or two word answers. Uh, You ready? Sure. Okay. A brand that you admire or that inspires you?
0: Uh, I would say the NBA.
1: Okay. Interesting. Favorite app on your phone? Twitter. The last website, other than Amazon, that you shopped from? Nike. Something that you're not good at, but wish that you were? Hiding my passion for things. Oh, and here I thought you were going to tell me you wanted to throw a ball 50 yards down the field. (laughs) (laughs) I wish. A charitable organization that you're passionate about? St. Jude's. If you had one superpower, what would it be? To see the future. And other than your family, what's your most prized possession? Uh, My two Super Bowl rings. Oh, you have Super Bowl rings. Very cool.
0: Go, goes back to ownership. Every employee, you know, got a Super Bowl ring, the same one the players got, with my name on it. So, you know, you talk about why you want to work hard, stay at a place, you know, things like that. You know, not every team does that. So, um, that's you know, two great reasons of of why that tenure has been what what it is.
1: Wow, that's that's a great ending to a show. Great story. Uh, congratulations. Thanks for sharing that with us. Uh, Neelay, this was really interesting, uh, not only from uh, an education perspective from uh, our listeners, but you know, again, me being a, a, a big fan of, of the team and also being a big fan of, of digital uh, fan engagement and, and consumer engagement, really interesting stuff. And, and as I said to you before, uh, if there's anything that I can be helpful with uh, down the road, uh, by all means, feel free free to reach out.
0: I appreciate it. And, 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 you know, this, this has been great for me being able to share my story. Hopefully it inspires people that, uh, you know, if you put in the work, good things will, will happen and things aren't always handed to you, but, uh, you know, if you're passionate about things, then, uh, you know, you'll find some luck.
1: Good stuff. Uh, where can people reach out to you on social media?
0: Uh, best place for
1: me is believe it or
0: not. Uh, I'm not on many social media platforms just because when you, when you're running, the Twitter account, or your staff is running the Twitter account for an account that has over 2 million followers. You don't want to mess up and forget that it's your personal versus the team. So the best place for me is LinkedIn.
1: Okay. Sounds good. Neele, thank you so much. Uh, best of luck to uh, you and your team and the rest of the Giants in the coming season.
0: Appreciate it. Thanks, Mark.
1: That's it. Today's game ball goes to Neele for coming on the Marketing Playbook. To me, today's three game-winning marketing plays were as follows. Number one, persistence. We all could use a bit more of this. Nele spoke about how he got his job with the Giants. In high school, no training and no connections, but he pushed forward and was willing to do anything that was required to work for the Giants. He was in the right place at the right time, and he's parlayed that into a 15-year run with the Giants. Number two, I like the conversation about leveraging the assets that you have. We heard that they're not focused on selling product as much within Nile's team. They're focused on brand building. They leverage their assets, in this case, the players and management, to drive their business. They want to be a direct-to-consumer juggernaut, and that comes from having a spectacular brand they work hard to nurture. And number three, 15 years is a long time in any business, especially these days. Nile's proof that if you continue to grow your knowledge base, Show respect for the people you work with to gain their trust and evolve your strategies. Even with management changes, you can not only keep your job, but you can thrive as well. Thank you, Playbook Marketers, for listening to another episode. If you want to check out more pages of the Marketing Playbook, make sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast spot and leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. You can also follow us on Twitter at details interact and learn more at DetailsInteractive.com. Until next time, the devil is in the details.